This is the Come A Girl Daily Podcast, written by Stephanie Bond. August 13th, Saturday. If your mail keeps rolling in at this rate, one of us is going to have to sleep with the super. Roberta heaved a sigh as she dropped into the chair next to my bed. And seeing as how you don't seem inclined to get out of that bed, I guess I'm going to have to take one for the team. Her laugh cheered me considerably. I'd gotten so worked up over not being able to signal anyone about feeling my fingers and toes, every little thing set me off. I was angry at the unending classical music rotation, angry at the useless rosary hanging from my bed rail, angry at the machines beeping around me. I totally understood my dad going off when he visited, because inside, I, too, was railing at God. Why did this happen to me? And like most of the men in my life, God is leaving me hanging. I brought a brownie cake milkshake for dinner, she said, slurping. Brought one for you, too. Want to sit? Since I can smell the rich chocolate, I assume she's holding the straw near my mouth. I tried to make my lips move, but my brain was like sludge. Maybe I'd fried it from all the internal tantrums. No? Okay. More for me. Another hearty slurp sounded, and then she tore open an envelope and described the sweet card signed by a classroom in upstate New York. Their words of encouragement humbled me and made me regret my peevishness. As she continued reading notes from strangers and counting cash, I softened more and more, especially when I heard the grief-stricken words from relatives of coma patients. I hope someone is reading these words to you and you are hearing them, Roberta read. Just as I read to my son Amos every day with the hope he can hear me. Roberta sniffed, then blew her nose. That one got to me. It got to me, too. Because as hard as a coma is on the patient, it's worse on family and friends. Because they don't know what to do and how long to hold out hope. Hmm, this one seems personal. Do you know a Joanna Fitz? Joanna! She and I had met in a college literature class and become fast friends. She lived with her doctor husband and twins in Pennsylvania. I hadn't seen her in ages, but we stayed in touch through social media and the occasional phone call. She says she's so sorry to hear about your accident and will come to visit when you wake up. Roberta went on to other cards and letters, but I confess I only half listened. I was too busy coveting Joanna's life. She had made it all seem so effortless. Attract a great, ambitious guy who wanted a true partner in life. Be so synergistic that instead of having one baby, you produce twins. Then immerse yourself in motherhood while your husband pulled in enough money to set you up in a country club mansion. Don't get me wrong. Joanna deserved every bit of her good life. But why didn't I? What made women like Joanna the kind of people who were most likely to succeed and people like me most likely to wind up in a coma? And just like that, the slow boil started again. I'm tired of everyone's sympathy and good wishes. 
I resent the cash contributions, as if people are dropping money into a beggar's cup to assuage their own guilt enough that they could go on living their coma-free lives, feeling as if they'd done their duty. I'd never been an angry person, but now it seems like the only thing I have to hang on to. Hi, this is Stephanie Bond, author of the Coma Girl Daily Podcast. If you have a question you'd like for me to answer on an upcoming bonus episode, check the show notes for links to reach out on social media. Thanks for listening. Come back tomorrow for another episode of Coma Girl. And please tell a friend.